Hello and welcome to another episode of the Big Recon on Sports Podcast. I'm your host, I'm the Big Recon, and it is my own personal Christmas Eve. I come to you on Wednesday, the 27th of March, 2019. In just over 16 hours, the chase for title number three commences. That's right. Tomorrow is opening day, and the 2019 New York Mets will open their season in Washington against the Nationals. Now, I know I've tried to be an overall sports podcast, not only coming from my team's point of view, but my own personal point of view, and hitting on national stories. Not this episode. Not this night. Tonight's episode is about my beloved New York Mets and the dawn of the 2019 season that starts tomorrow. Just to give you a little hint of how excited I am, I sit here in my t-shirt my wife gave me for Christmas. It is a Dodger Blue Mets t-shirt with the original Avengers on it, because that comes out in a month too. I have my hat I purchased on opening day last year at City Field on my head. It is baseball season, and it is going to be a great one. So I'm going to give you a little preview of opening weekend because I think this series could actually set the tone for the season for both teams involved. Both teams involved underwent large changes in the offseason. Some would call wholesale changes in the offseason. One team with many players, one team with one. So we're going to get through that. We're going to start with a couple of current event things. And let's just say it now. Jacob deGrom got Paid. Five years, $137.5 million. The extension starting this year will take him through 2024 after some options and some opt-outs are taken care of. Let's be honest. I don't think DeGrom is ever going to leave the New York Mets. I think he will stay here for the rest of his career and retire as one of the few players to never wear another uniform. Speaking of players to never wear another uniform, as I did some reading today in my off time at work, I noticed that someone who helped get the deal done and really was instrumental in getting this deal done was none other than the newest special assistant to the general manager, the captain, David Wright. Brody Van Wagenen came out today and gave David a lot of credit for getting Jacob's deal done, saying how he was at the whiteboard with Brody trying to make it work and was instrumental in getting it done. And he didn't just sell the player. He sold the man. So, David, you're still making a smile even though you're not wearing a uniform anymore. Thank you, Captain. So, they paid DeGrom. That's one part of what I think they're going to end up doing. And now I'm going to tell you why they didn't go after Bryce Harper. Because they have to pay DeGrom. Syndergaard, Wheeler, Conforto, Mats. Five players who still have a couple years of control left, but are going to be instrumental in how this team competes for years to come. I Most people are saying Conforto needs to be the next guy that gets his deal. I disagree. I disagree wholeheartedly. The next guy to get his deal has got to be Noah Syndergaard. Syndergaard is a legit number one who gets to play second fiddle and still pitch like a number one because him and his boy just love to play. I love where this team is headed. Brody also kept his word about the 25-man roster. 
He said, we're taking the best 25 north with us. And Pete Alonso is on the 25-man roster. I believe he will start tomorrow at first base. And what a way to start. Your first major league at bats going to be against Max Scherzer. Good luck, kid. So an opening weekend preview. Um, as I said, I know I've tried to cover all of this great game, but this show I'm going to focus on my team and who I think is going to be their biggest rival in trying to win the National League East in 2019. And if you like pitching, like I do, I was raised a pitcher, I pitched into high school, and I've been to pitcher's duels and I've been to blowouts and I prefer the pitcher's duels. Both listening and watching, whether it be live or at home, I prefer the pitcher's duel. More intrigue, more suspense, you're hanging on every move, you're hanging on every pitch. Love a pitcher's duel. So if you really do like pitching like I do, this is the series to pay attention to. You have marquee matchups all three games. You have power pitching at its finest in games one and two. You have a guy making his season, his not even season debut, you have a guy making his debut for a team that he signed with in the offseason in game three, and you have a young pitcher who is trying to show the second half of last year was not a fluke. And he is going to be this good moving forward. We start with tomorrow. And at 105 in D.C., Max Scherzer will tow the rubber for the Nationals once again on opening day. His opponent will be Jacob deGrom. That's right. One and two in the Cy Young from 2018 are going to go at it on opening day in D.C. Now, this isn't just any opening day. This Mets team, there's something about it. I can't put my finger on it. I have watched the New York Mets my entire life. I have been a fan my entire life. There's just something different about this team. So tomorrow, Scherzer and DeGrom, you are talking about the guy who led the league in every measurable statistical category except for two. And those were wins and strikeouts, and the other guy on the other side is doing it. DeGrom led in ERA. He led in whip. He led in war. He led in this. He led in that. And Scherzer had more wins and more strikeouts. These are the two best right-handed pitchers in the National League. The the guys going Saturday have something to say about that, but I believe these are the two best right-handed pitchers in the National League. They're going to go at it tomorrow in D.C. Then we get to Saturday. Saturday is a big start for the national starter because I'm not a big believer in Steven Strasburg. When healthy, he's been very, very good, but he has had his health issues. For everybody knocking on the uh, the Mets for their health issues, Strasburg hasn't been any better. He made his highly anticipated debut, I want to say it was 2010 or 2011, He had to sit out the next year because of Tommy John. He was shut down early from another year because of coming off the surgery and he couldn't help in the postseason. He lost a couple of big games late down the stretch in 2015 for this team. He signed his big contract and he's pitched well, but his numbers haven't panned out the way the Nationals would have hoped. Opposing him on the mound is none other than Thor himself. 
Noah Syndergaard. The Norse God of Thunder enters his 15, 16, 17, 18, his fifth season, his fourth full season uh, with the New York Mets. And it appears to be a big one. He is a lot of guys picked to win the National League Cy Young Award, along with mine. At times, Syndergaard has been more than dominant. He's been outright filth. I went to opening day last year with my dad, and we sat nine rows into left field, uh, home run territory, against St. Louis. He looks effortless, and he's throwing 100 miles an hour. He throws a 94-mile-an-hour slider that cuts on a blade. Um, Strasburg, of course, has the big hook. He throws hard. He's a great pitcher. Not a lot of runs going to be scored Friday Saturday. Guarantee you that. On Sunday, Patrick Corbin makes his Nationals debut against Zach Wheeler, who had arguably the best second half of any pitcher not named Jacob deGrom in the National League. Wheeler's really looking for that year to make his mark. He came up in 2013. Uh, I have in my possession the Batman and Robin motif back page of the New York Post as he made his Major League debut in a doubleheader with Matt Harvey. Um... Wheeler has looked really good this spring. He's pitched very, very well. And when I say that, watching DeGrom and Syndergaard pitch in the spring, you can tell they're working on something. Whether it be a change-up early in the count or uh, locating a slider, throwing the curveball for strikes, wanting to work different uh, sides of the plate with the fastballs. What Zach Wheeler has done is basically go out and say, all right, it's time to dominate. And he's done that. He had a great spring. Uh, in the one time he pitched, I actually got to watch a highlight package. I have never seen his two-seamer run like that. He's ready. And to have these guys at the top of the rotation, those three power arms, what a phenomenal start for the New York Mets. Patrick Corbin comes over from Arizona as the highest-touted pitching free agent. And he... Is supposed to be that third guy behind those two. I'm not the biggest Corbin fan, but I can't say I haven't watched enough of him to be convinced otherwise. The little bit I have seen of him, um, he does command the strike zone. He has good secondary stuff. He's not overpowering, but there aren't many lefties who are. I think he fits in nice with the Nationals. I just think if you're going to go one through five with the Mets you're going to have some problems getting pat after Strasburg and Scherzer. So the pitching is going to be amazing in the first weekend of the season. On the other side of the ball, I think the Mets will open up with a lineup that looks something like this. Brandon Nimmo will lead off and play right field. Jeff McNeil, the second-half phenomenon from last year, will bat second and play third base for the injured Brett Lowry. Um, Jed Lowry, excuse me. Robinson Cano in his return to New York will bat third and play second. Wilson Ramos, the former national and newest Met, will catch and bat fourth. Michael Conforto will bat fifth and play left field. Pete Alonso will make his major league debut on opening day. He'll bat sixth and play at first base. The 2014 Gold Glover, Juan Lagares, 
will bat seventh and play in center. Ahmed Rosario, the second full season of Ahmed Rosario, kicks off tomorrow batting eighth, playing short. And, of course, DeGrom bats ninth uh, and pitches. I really think the Mets will have the upper hand in this series all year. Um, I think the Met bullpen is far superior to that of Washington. The back end of the Met bullpen is head and shoulders above what Washington is in the back end. The lineups are about equal. Come June, I'm hoping we'll be adding Yoana Cespedes to the lineup. But here's the biggest question mark for Washington. Where do they go without Bryce Harper? Now, I know I've said previously, I don't, I'm not a fan of Bryce Harper. Outside of his love for Ohio State, I am not a fan of Bryce Harper at all. But there is one thing that cannot be denied. Bryce Harper is a game-changing talent who makes your lineup longer and better. A lot of so-called experts, and even somebody on Twitter, came out and said they picked the Nationals to win the division. And with the reasons they gave me, I have this to say. Are we reading the same names? Are we watching the same games? Or are we just picking because it's something to do? I think the Nationals will finish second or third in this division, depending on how the Phillies do. And then there's Atlanta. I think the baseball world is in for a rude awakening that the Washington Nationals are not nearly as good as everybody is making them out to be. Harper was the biggest part of that lineup. The other thing, Daniel Murphy is gone. Anybody who thinks Brian Dozier is going to replace Daniel Murphy's production, forget that Murphy was in the Hall of Fame finalists in 2016. He was still an above th- uh, a phenomenal hitter in 2017. And the Nationals sold him off when they were out of it in 2018. Seriously now. It's like people have put their heads in the sand like an ostrich and just don't want to pay attention to what's actually going on. Juan Soto is going to have to be the guy to carry this team. Ryan Zimmerman is in his 13th or 14th season in the league. Matt Adams has been released two or three times for a reason. Um, they're not as good as they used to be. They're not the juggernaut that's going to win the Amer- the National League East years and years in a row and be the force to be reckoned with. Somebody said their outfield is still good. Soto, Michael Taylor, and Eaton. Where's the power pro- coming from? Yes, they have Trey Turner, who's going to steal a lot of bases. Yes, they have Anthony Rendon, who is a very good cornerstone-type player. But the problem is, what are these guys going to do in a lineup where where they're able to be pitched to? And that is the one thing no one is thinking of that's doing any kind of predictions. How is this Nationals lineup going to fare without its two biggest guns from the previous years? Because you don't have to pitch to Rendon anymore. And you don't have to pitch 
to somebody else. You can pitch to Michael Taylor. You can pitch to Trey Turner. You don't have to pitch to Rendon. There's no Harper. There's no Murphy. When the Mets lost Cespedes for this time, they went out and brought in Robinson Cano, who you cannot who you're gonna be forced to pitch to. Nimmo gets on base a ton. McNeil may be the perfect two-hitter. Ramos, I believe, will only hit cleanup until Cespedes gets back, or Pete Alonso decides he's just going to take it. Michael Conforto is primed for an MVP run. And depending on how Rosario decides he's going to get on base, I don't know if Nimmo's going to hit leadoff all year. Or you bat Rosario second to break up the lefties. One of the Nats pitchers will be lights out this weekend. I can guarantee you that. But I think it's going to be Strasburg, and I think that the ground will cancel him out. I like the Mets to win this division. I said it in my baseball preview. I said it on any, to anybody I could. I like the New York Mets this year. As I said, I was at opening day last year, and the Mets got off to the best start in franchise history. But I can honestly tell you, and it's not just me being a Met fan for as long as I've been. It felt like the other shoe was going to drop at any point in time. Boy, did it drop. Good Lord, did it drop. May and June were almost unwatchable. Never mind, almost. They were unwatchable. These guys just feel different. They addressed 95% of the holes that they had coming into this season. I think starting pitching depth is a hole that could bite them later. I have said this several times in my podcast. The Mets need to sign Dallas Keuchel. He's still out there. Who cares about the draft pick? You want to win now, Brody? Sign Dallas Keuchel. That's the best five in baseball. course I could be wrong. Jason Vargas could go out and pitch like he did when he won 17 games a couple years ago and the Mets are still the best five in baseball. The first domino of this team keeping its momentum going forward has fallen. That's DeGrom signing long term. You gotta ink up Thor. You gotta ink up Conforto. You gotta ink up Wheeler. It's time for the Mets to keep their homegrown core intact. I hate to say it. Take a page out of the Yankees book. The core four or five or however many you want to call them, they stayed together for years and years. With the exception of Andy Pettit moving on to Houston for a couple of years and then coming back. They built this team the right way. The Mets foundation is their pitching. Not just the starters. This is a bullpen that now has two quality lefties in it, two guys who can pitch long or short with good stuff to get out of jams, and a back end that is power upon power upon power in Edwin Diaz and Juris Familia. They have more team speed. Having Nimmo at the top of the lineup, having McNeil, having Rosario, having Conforto, I would say having Alonzo, but Alonzo is not fast. 
at all. They're ready to win now. I firmly believe that. And a lot of people will tell you, oh, you're just being a homer. Oh, you don't know what you're talking about. I've sat and read hours about what this team should and could be. It just feels different. Now, I've said that to people I know, and they've said, oh, you never know with these feelings. It could be just because you're a fan. Last time I heard someone tell me it just feels different was June 19th, 2016. Now, most of you don't know what that was, unless you follow a different sport than baseball. June 19th, 2016 is a night the Cleveland Cavaliers completed the biggest comeback in NBA history when they beat the Golden State Warriors in Game 7 of the NBA Finals to bring Cleveland its first championship since 1964. This just feels different. This is not a team with a glaring one superstar and figured out from there. This is not a team with a question about their unequivocal leader not being able to play. This is not a team with guys out of position to make room for younger kids. This is not a team who brought in a player they had to bring in because the fans or the media said they needed it. This is a team that a GM took over, took a look at what he thought it needed, and went out and got every bit of it. From top to bottom, the 25-man roster of the New York Mets is deeper, it's faster, it's better defensively. They're ready to win, and I think they get it done this year. I think we have another 2015 ride to remember in 2019. So when you lay your heads on your pillows tonight, just think of how much brighter the world gets tomorrow. Yes, Oakland played Seattle for a couple days in Japan, but that was more or less a gift to Ichiro. It's opening day tomorrow. And the world starts all over again. Baseball enters its 150th year. And the game is still so beautiful that it has to be played on a diamond. I know where I'll be tomorrow at 105. I'll have Howie Rose and Wayne Randazzo on my MLB at Bat app. And I will listen to the New York Mets take on the Washington Nationals. And the best opening day team, I believe, will continue that streak and win again on opening day. Well, that's all the time we've got for tonight here on the Big Recon on Sports. Um, we've had some more changes, guys. We can now be found on social media. At BR on Sports 1 on Twitter. My personal Twitter handle, at MetsJetsBucks41. We can be found on Facebook, Big Recon on Sports. We have our Big Recon on Sports YouTube channel. The podcast itself can be found on several different places now. We can be found on Spotify. We can be found on Google Podcasts and Google Play. 
we can be found. I'm looking for another one. Hang on. On Radio Public. We can be found on Anchor. We can be found on Pocket Casts. And I'm going to try and get the last two episodes loaded to SoundCloud. Thanks, everybody, for listening. It's baseball season. Let's go Mets.